Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Wait times. How many times have you had to wait to get medical care? How long have you waited in an emergency room? How about a doctor's office? to get home care, to access mental health services. There are many examples. Lots of people complain about this and other aspects of local health care. Well, now you can make a difference. On this week's show, two people involved in a massive initiative to talk about the local health care system are interviewed. There is a major outreach campaign going on right now through the Ontario Health Team Northumberland. It is the first and the largest initiative ever in the county's history. It touches on every aspect of health and well-being. Everyone can comment on all aspects from hospitals to home care to mental health to your own doctor. And there's much, much more. I am thrilled to have with me this week Trish Baird, co-chair of the Ontario Health Team Northumberland, and Bill Prowecki, incoming chair of the Experience Partner Council for the Ontario Health Team Northumberland, Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. I understand you're launching a major initiative to set priorities for the future of healthcare in Northumberland. The Ontario Health Team of Northumberland has launched this collaborative effort involving patients and caregivers and community members, healthcare and community service providers to shape together the future of care and services in Northumberland. That is a lot of organizations to work with. Can we start off, maybe Trish, you can help us by explaining why there are so many groups. Sure, Robert. Um, The Ontario Health Team Northumberland wanted to embark on a strategic planning process to help guide some of their decisions over the coming years. And as we talked about, how are we best going to do it? The idea of an Ontario health team is to improve the experiences uh, in health for our community. But we found it's much broader than health. And we really needed to go out to see what are those needs? What are the gaps? What are those areas where we can improve? And as we talked about strategic planning for the Ontario health team, who can we bring into the, to the planning to help inform that. And that's why we've, we've, we have made a commitment to a broad approach to our strategic planning. And that w- would be why all those groups are included. So it's a big task, but we're up for it. Now, just very quickly, the history of the Ontario Health Team. How long has it been around thus far? I believe since 2019, we were one of the first Ontario Health Teams that were approved by the Ministry of Health. And the Ministry of Health wanted to look at a new way to try to deliver healthcare locally. And the concept of Ontario health teams were evolved through that process. 
a group of providers got together in Northumberland and felt we can, you know, we can meet this and, and we can work well together as partners across healthcare and put in the application and were approved as part of the first um, rollout of Ontario Health Teams. Up until now, what have been the guiding principles? Did you have a strategic plan? We certainly have some guidance from the Ministry of Health as to what they wanted to see from an Ontario Health Team. And we did some planning early on with a consultant around our first kind of year one focus. Year one has seemed to drag on to three years because we we weren't expecting COVID and a lot of our efforts in health have, have been moving on to COVID. But in those early days, we did come up with three uh, initial projects that we wanted to work on that we have been working on. Uh, community paramedicine, one of the projects, our rural outreach clinic in Colburn, and a volunteer peer support project, all kind of overpinning by a digital health strategy where we're somewhere where we're really working because we have we feel we need a lot of work on digital health so four projects um, that we have been working on but we need to go that next step now so am i correct in understanding then that this is the first strategic plan for this organization yes all right bill what's your thoughts on who should be touched in this and who should be engaged in this that's a great question great question robert the uh from what I've experienced, what I've seen is that we're touching on a lot of organizations. Okay, so it's also not only health, but services within the community. And, and it's important as I've witnessed in some of the meetings, the, uh, the amount of effort and the amount of groups that we need in order to get this plan underway. There's a lot of work that's going on right now. You mentioned the, the projects that are going on right now. Can you un- help people understand the dynamic uh, that goes on in the health team and why it's so important as compared to, say, a strategic plan for just the hospital or for just community care in Northumberland or just for Ed's hospice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting when we started talking about strategic planning and as we've, we're coming out of the pandemic, many of the organizations around the table were also thinking of doing their own strategic plan. So me as the CEO at Community Care Northumberland, I mean, we are in the going into a planning stage. And so were some of the the hospitals and other community agencies. So we all thought, why are we all doing this separately and going out to the community and talking to people and really probably asking a lot of the same questions when we're all part of this health team. So as we talked through this at meetings, we said, wait a minute, there's an opportunity here to, to do this together to ask the questions once to the community and really get a bigger bang for our buck. So that's the kind of conversations we have at our, ta- at our OHTN meetings. Um, you know, look at what are we doing and, and how could we maybe improve that process so we're not going out to multiple, multiple times to people. So this is one example of the way our health team has been able to um, work together and partner and come up with information that can be then back, shared back with the community uh, for this planning. So we're excited about this uh, approach and we Community Care Northumberland can use it for their own planning and we will not have to do as much community engagement because we'll have done it through the Ontario Health Team. So then as a person who's going to participate, Bill, um, I'm actually getting a, a two for one here. I'm going to be able to, you know, say, listen, this is how I feel about 
healthcare overall, but I can also be very, very specific and say, listen, I think this needs to be improved at Ed's house, or I need, you know, the paramedics need to do a better job here, or these are some ideas I have for community care. Um, from your perspective, what does this mean to individuals across the county then as they think about whether they're going to participate or not? And the one thing is, the way I look at it, it's a community. And a community or a county is a community that we need to engage in. And what I see as important in my participation is the ability to not only express what is really working well within our health and wellness system, but also provide opportunities or provide wishes as to what it is I'd like to see. So for me, it's really engaging at, at a, what I would call a ground level and not looking at it from a highest high level. It's what, what counts for me as either a patient or a caregiver or even a community member. So Trish, how does all this work? How does this engagement thing work? Well, as with everybody, you hire consultants and they tell you how to. <laughs> um, but I mean, we do have uh, consultants helping us with the project to kind of set up the framework. Uh, but it is really a lot of volunteers and there's different sections within the strategic planning that, that we're doing that people can be involved in. So we do have, um, we have what we're calling a community engagement team. And those are volunteers from the community, from our experience partner council, from other organizations. They may be community members, board members, um, from some of the examples would be like certainly members of the Ontario health team, but um, our indigenous population. So from Alderville and the Friendship Centre in Peterborough, we have uh, Greenwood Coalition. We have Northumberland County with all of their services. So we have a really broad and community engagement team. Um, Bill, I think it's over 30. Yeah, it's over yeah. 30 participants in our first meeting. Absolutely. And as you've indicated, it has a broad reach, including Victoria Order of Nurses and long-term facility members. So it pretty well cuts across every major organization that I can think of within a community that, that deals with health and wellness. Yeah, and they're going out and interviewing, you know, their friends, their um, groups that they're part of, and just have some gui guiding questions to talk about. So we're going to get some information from those, those 30 people who will, you know, triple that number by those conversations. We're also doing a community survey that any member can go in and, and access through the website, through our Ontario Health Team Northumberland website. Um, and the survey, it, I mean, it, I have completed the survey. It takes some time, but it really delves into, you know, what do you value? As Bill was saying earlier, you know, what do you value most about healthcare? Where can we improve? That type of thing. Um, and then we're going to have um, more conversations, more focus groups with, with certain groups that we feel we want to uh, hear more from. So from prim primary care providers, uh, nurse practitioners and doctors, we want to hear from community groups that we may have missed in, in other ways. So, so we have different ways of doing, collecting the information over the next couple of months with a final product being delivered in probably late June. 
when I've been researching this, uh, I saw there was a, a, a very interesting graphic that was used to describe this process. And, and I understand that over the month of January already, uh, there has been, you've sort of been shaping this process, been setting the initial directions, co-creating an engagement approach. And then I also understand that now the wide engagement and the gathering of, of information is, is taking place. I guess it starts in February and March. So what are the, the kinds of deadlines we're looking at? Because I understand that after that, there's this intensive planning. And then I guess in May sometime, there's going to be this uh, strategic framework that's going to come out. So can you tell listeners how and where they're plugging in and when they can plug in to all those different phases? Um, I would suggest that right now is the time when most of our community engagement will be taking place that is fairly easy to plug in. So again, on our website, um, and the website is ohtnorthumberland.ca. Uh, members of the public can access all of that information or there is an email um, that they can or call our office. Um, but right now with the survey and the community engagement team is, is two areas where the public can, can engage. And then it will get more focused if people are, are interested in a focus group, then, then they would connect with us to, um, to do that. So once the community engagement takes place, then there'll be some, some more um, focused conversations with Ontario Health team members and the community engagement team, our governance advisory council, the experience partner council, just to kind of val validate those findings that we, we are hearing from the community engagement. And then, um, so that will be that April, May with, a, with the final product in June. Bill, if I'm listening to this and I'm not very computer savvy and uh, I, I, I don't feel uh, I, I can go or I don't, may not even have the means to go online and to participate, can you tell us how those people can reach out? Can they phone? Can they do other things uh, so that their voice gets heard? Well, one thing is by listening to your actual program, they'll get some of the information. And as as was mentioned by Trish, they can either phone, and Trish, I don't know whether we, we can provide the actual phone number that they can phone, but, but you're absolutely right. There are people that do not have access to the internet or broadband issues and all. But the big thing is basically spreading the word. So it's my case, spreading it through Facebook, and hopefully those people will call their friends. So it's, and also the newspaper. So we're hoping that we get some publicity as far as the exercise on the various uh, channels radio stations as well as newspapers and, and through this program. So it's basically, it's a community thing. It's, it's basically word of mouth and just passing the message along. One of the groups that oftentimes doesn't get hooked into is our young people. Um, and I'm wondering what efforts uh, your group's making to ensure that young people, particularly maybe high school, 18 year olds, I, I don't know how young you're, you're planning to go with this, but young people in general, how are they going to get engaged in this and, and get their voices heard? We, we have talked about that. And um, I'm, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but I believe we were hoping to have a youth focus group. Uh, but we do have um, some connections with the high school 
um, with their student council um, in the high school. So we're hoping to spread the word through those avenues. And some of our um, providers on the Ontario Health team uh, do have a focus on children and youth. So Rebound um, Family and Children's Services is one of our OHTN members. So they will be able to spread the word to some of the, that group. Um, but certainly it's, it's an area that we really, we, we do want to include and um, uh, want to hear their feedback. So uh, we are, uh, we're hoping through the internet that that would be the way to get some of those through, through social media. Um, but other than the focus group and, and our partners would be the way. Bill, I'm curious, uh, on your committee, uh, the uh, Experienced Partner Council, are there young people that sit on that council? At, at this point, no. If, if you're talking young, you would probably mention people under 40, I'm, I'm assuming. Robert? Sure. Okay. I, I would have thought for, to 40, but I, sure. Okay. 40 yeah, and below. Yeah. Do you have people 40 and below? No, we don't. No, we don't. And it's, it's an excellent point. And it's, it's a matter of recruiting folks within EPC that have that age within that age group that can offer different perspective. Absolutely. Good point. Trish, there are two terms that get used a lot lately, just in general conversation, but also very much in, in your initiative that we're talking about today. And that is health and well-being. What do you mean when you are asking people about health? Can you describe or define that term for us? Health versus the well-being part of? Well, just talk about health. When you're talking about health, yeah. what, are, what are the things that we're talking about? Give us a grocery yeah. list. Well, and I think you could uh, find multiple definitions on this, uh, this terminology. And we have, it's interesting when we um, put together information for the public, we have very lively conversations on what is the wording we should be using. Because in my, my playbook, health would be, all parts of your your person. It's not just your physical health, but your social health, your mental health. Um, and so to me, health would be all aspects of your being able to be a active part person in, in your life. So um, many of my um, contributions would be around the social determinants of health. So how is your mental health um, impacting your physical health? How is your financial health? So to me, there's no one definition. There's so many pieces of health that it's hard to, it, it, you need to be very broad in thinking of health. That would be me, but that's just my personal opinion. Bill, what does that term mean to you? It pretty well means what Trish has indicated, but, but to me, it's, it's, how to take care of oneself, okay? So in, in order for me to take care of myself, my health, which is really important, is what are all the aspects, you know, uh, and health being what, what do I have a doctor? Is there a place where I can get help that I need if I do become ill, okay? Uh, health is just all the stuff that makes me live and wanna carry on. So, so that to me is health. It's, it's a huge subject, but it usually relates to Medical medicine is really what it targets. All right, Trisha, I come back to you now. Let's talk about this term well-being. What does well-being mean in, in, in this survey and, and how do you see it? Well, I think everybody defines their own well-being as what they, what they feel is. So it's, it's determining what, what you need to feel well, to be 
uh, active member of your society, if you want um, to feel. So what do you need to have a good, great, awesome well-being? And I find many times that's why we put health and well-being together, because I think the focus on the medical side of your health versus maybe more the social side of your health would be where I see the well-being and I think the two terms almost need to be used side by side. So um, well-being would probably focus a little more on those social pieces that I think are, are part of health. So health and well-being, it's, it's uh, synonymous with each other. Bill, how about you? Yeah, when I look at well-being, again, as Trish has indicated, it's outside of health. But to, to me, the well-being is what are things around in the community that if I am healthy, will help me out. You know, what services are available? Uh, as an example, uh, the housing, is there adequate housing out there? Is, is there ability for people with mental or mental health and addiction issues from well-being? How can they get better? What, what services are available? So to me, it's kind of the circle around the health circle that kind of comes in as a complete picture for me as an individual. And let me follow up, Bill, with you and ask you this. What do you value most about health and well-being supports in Northumberland? For me, it's the first thing is personally having the ability or having a primary care uh, or having a doctor within a community. Secondly, having come into this community 20 years ago is to have the facilities around here. Like we're so fortunate to have the hospital here or for the folks up in Campbellford to have their hospital so for me, and then aside from that are all the other services that are available. An example, Ed's house. So, so, so to me, it's, it's all those pieces that, that really complete my picture and make myself and my wife feel great living in this community. It's what is available. If, if you're able to get a doctor, I mean, not everybody is able to get a primary care a, a provider, but certainly uh, there's, there's a lot here to offer. Trish, one of the questions that's asked in, in this uh, engagement process is what could be done better within the health system to meet your health and well-being needs? Let me ask that question of you. What do you think could be done better? Well, I think Bill touched on the one area that could, that uh, is not for myself, but certainly for friends of mine, um, is the access to primary care and an access to a family doctor. And for many people, that's, it doesn't matter what age you are, um, that just, just knowing you have a family doctor, whether you use your family doctor or not, um, you know, would be key to what we could be doing better because we do have, um, at least in the Northern part of the County, um, uh, doctors that are leaving. So people are quite concerned about how are they going to access care? There's no walk-in clinic, there's virtual clinics. And, and so that would be their access to primary care. Um, and I think as, as we've seen over the last two years, we could be doing a lot more with for those people that are comfortable with virtual care options. So we, at, uh, we do a lot of driving for people to medical appointments. And sometimes it's a five minute checkup after a surgery in Toronto. And the cost of that for the, the, the um, individual going, to me, it just seems, a, 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 you know, it's great to see the person and, uh, and that hands-on approach. 
But to me, there should be some more virtual options so people don't have to be to be driving so far distances to see um, some of those appointments for virtual for follow up checkup appointments. So so there are certain things like that. If we could expand a bit of our virtual options, I think would be helpful. Trish, again, what do you mean when you are asking people about community services? Can you explain what that means? And could you give us some examples of community services? Well, there's so many. I mean, we have a wealth of community services in Northumberland County. And I would look at all of the, the services that support you in your community. So if it's staying at your, in your home or being able to access. So as uh, from a community care side of things, we would be considered a community service. So we, you know, to provide meals and food in your home, meals on wheels, um, some socialization, so friendly visiting, those types of services. But then there's also services that are available in your community, such as, um, you know, mental health community services or help with um, income support. I don't know how to fill out a form. How can, where can I go in my community for that community service? Um, so kind of all those support services that are available. How can I get somebody to help me clean my house? So those types of things. Bill? What types of things are you talking about when it comes to patient experience? I mean, we often hear conversations uh, about wait times um, and going into eMERGE and how we're treated in, in eMERGE. Um, but it certainly must be beyond that. Can, can you maybe give us some understa better understanding of what we're talking about when we're talking about patient experience? Yeah, patient experience to me, having experienced it a couple of times, is, is the whole journey. So it's not just coming in to the hospital and being taken care of, but also coming out. My, I'd like to know, as an example, discharge. What do I need to do once I do leave the facility? So the, the patient experience to me is, is an ex entire journey. It'd be hard for me to map it out for you, but it's a whole slew of touch points there. And at the end, it's all about, uh, you know, conclusion. What, what you know, I'm, I'm looking for the best when I look for patient experience, but I'm, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's a whole journey. It's not just one aspect, but it's a whole bunch of touch points. Would it be things like, you know, how quickly can I get an appointment with my doctor or my chiropractor or a, a dentist? How long do I have to wait yeah. before I can see somebody? It, it, that's the kind of thing we're talking about, is it? I, I, absolutely. And it's to, to me, I always look at it as connecting the dots. Okay. So there's, to me, the one thing that you, Trish mentioned about the, the what, what we can do better. And one thing for me that I've always strived for is being able to connect the dots. Having been a caregiver, it was a, a terrible, not a terrible a life experience to know what it's like to be a caregiver. And there's a lot of dots out in the wall for us, but for us to connect it, we, we just couldn't connect it. And somewhere along the way for the whole journey, there needs to be a way, a navigation there needs to be an easy way for people to follow through and be able to connect the dots for that so-called patient experience. Trish, what's going to happen with all this input? Well, um, as I mentioned, we're going to, uh, all of the organizations as part of the OHT will be using it for their, their own planning. So this will be, hopefully we'll be all on the leading our ship in the same direction, whether you are from a, a single service organization or part of the OHT. But there will also be um, a public document prepared that will be available for anybody interested in, in what was 
what we discovered through this bit of a journey. So, so there will be that available for anyone. Um, I'm not sure the exact process of how that's going to be available. I think probably website or you can phone and I'd be happy to get the phone number uh, at the end. Um, Robert, but uh, that will be available to the public for anybody to use in their planning that they want to, um, and we'll we'll be able to chart out certainly in the short term what we what we want to focus on at the OHTN over the next couple of years. So Trish, so many times people are asked for their opinions. Then a final report comes out, and while there's lots of acknowledgement that there was consultations, nobody really gets to see where their ideas get used or not. This often is a factor in why people don't participate. How are people going to know that their ideas and suggestions are going to be integrated? And if they are not, why they are not? Well, and it's a great point. And I think we have a commitment to um, making this a public document, which um, with all the, the feedback and data that we have received, so I'm not sure that that has been done in the past, and a commitment to um, moving those ideas forward through the OHTN. Um, we feel this is a grassroots initiative uh, and I, we do not, we will not be treating it as a, a report to sit on the shelf. Um, I think the, the partners around the table are committed to that and um, we hope this time around it will, uh, hopefully the attitude of our participants will give us really good, thoughtful information that we can use moving forward. Maybe Bill has something to add to that. Bill? Yeah, the way, yeah, Robert, the way I look at it is, you know, participate, I participate in a lot of surveys in the past, but the one thing I've always tried to understand is you can't boil the ocean. So, so you can't possibly do everything. So the key point that I always look for has the group prioritized and at least addressing some of the small issues to start with, because you, you can't do everything. So, so to me, to your point, Robert, is, is we, we have to be able to say here are two or three things that are really important. Let's move on it. There are many things that we may not be able to cover, but that's, that's the way things are. You just can't boil the ocean. Oh, I, I totally understand and appreciate that. I guess what I'm really asking is, is that when those ideas are not adopted, nobody ever acknowledges that mm. or says why they're not yeah. adopted. Usually it's just, oh, here's the things we like. And, you know, maybe that fits into strategy and what people can do. But you yeah. can appreciate for those who, you know, put ideas forward. It's like, why wasn't my idea accepted? And you're right. Maybe it was because you can't boil the ocean. But at the same time, to have it acknowledged, is that not a yeah. key component? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, if I look at some of the projects we're currently doing with with our first year uh, our focus, one of the um, <clears throat> we wanted to improve access to care in rural areas and we had great plans of going, doing our Colburn Outreach Clinic, and then broadening that to go to Rosanique. That was our plan for our second one. But after opening up the first one, we have said, you know, hey, we need to evaluate. Is that the right choice to do? So we acknowledge that we had this plan, but maybe it's not the best plan, or maybe we aren't going to be able to get there in the time frame that we have. So I think we, we do identify areas that we, we haven't been able to, to do, but, but I, I agree with your point. There's, there's lots of things people give feedback on and say, well, what about my great idea? I thought it was a great idea. So I'm not, I'm not sure how we're going to address that. Bill, uh, what's next? Next is well, for, for me or for the group. Uh, I was 
whichever way you want to answer that. Okay. Uh, for me, what's next is really to go through all the survey material, go through and have the people that are on the community engagement team come back with a lot of their studies and really to bring it all together. And as they've indicated in the high process is to look at what are some of the key things that we can do better here. So well, what's next, it, to me, it's just a lot of work by a lot of people within a group to make it happen. And uh, as you've indicated to, uh, to make sure that we do deal with the things that people within a county are really looking forward to us putting together. Trish, from your perspective as an administrator and as a leader, what's next? Well, I'm very excited to hear the feedback that we received from the surveys and the community engagement, because I think out there, there's going to be some great ideas and maybe some solutions that we haven't thought about mm -hmm. as providers to um, helping improve access or improve the health care of our community. Uh, I think people have have wonderful ideas and it's a it's a how can we get those to the forefront and in front of people that that we can then do put some action to those ideas. So I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing that um, feedback and and how I as a co-chair and a leader in my organization can help move those ideas forward. Trish, would you be good enough? Just give us one last time how people can participate in some details. Sure. So we have uh, our community engagement is happening right now. And you can participate in that multiple ways. You can go to our website at ohtnorthumberland.ca. Uh, and that will give you links to the survey in the web page. And there is a phone number to our director, Marley Boudreau. So a uh, phone number that she can be reached at 1-855-473-8875, extension 163. And that would be the Ontario Health Team of Northumberland phone number. Uh, there is an email address that people can email to um, receive information. And it's info at ohtnorthumberland.ca. And that's a general email that, that is, uh, um, will be answered by a member of the team. So any of those website, phone number, or email will um, provide some uh, information if you are wanting to be involved. Trish Baird, Bill Prowecki, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank, thank you. you, Robert. That was Trish Baird and Bill Prowecki both of the Ontario Health Team Northumberland. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.